Up now, live. It's Vet Talk Radio Show with host Michael Hopkins, executive producer Carrie Hines, and Michael's Angels panel, Nicole, Noor, and Katrina. The Vet Talk Radio Show with Michael Hopkins is all about helping veterans in need. Stay tuned. What is the 10th most common disability that we can talk about today, Michael Hopkins? Okay. The the tenth most common disability is limitation of motion of the arm. And I know that sounds like some big fancy thing. Right. But right. basically, you know, as a veteran, you have issues with your arms. You you have uh motion issues. In other words, you can't reach like you used to, you can't stretch out, you can't pick up things like you used to. There's a limitation on what you can and cannot do with with your arms anymore. And it happens to us as veterans all the time. You know, Carrie, we fall as veterans, we, we go on details, we lift up things, heavy heavy packages heavy equipment, we carry heavy equipment. We do all kinds of things that damages our bodies, especially our arms. And we have uh, shoulder issues. A lot of times guys are, are airborne qualified. That means they jump out of a perfectly good airplane with a whole bunch of combat gear on, and they hit the ground. And can you imagine what what that is like? You jump out of an airplane, you have all this equipment, and you're heading toward the earth. And when you hit the ground, you kind of tuck and roll, and it takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your shoulders. It takes a, it just takes a toll. And you may not see this as a veteran when you're 18 years old, 25 years old, 30 years old. You may not see all of this stuff, but when you start hitting your late 40s, your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you start to see and feel all of these things. And and the VA claim system understands this. They They understand this. And they know these things are going to affect you. They, they, they already well, Michael, know. I, I, I want to kind of keep it um, to so that you can get all of these in. What's number nine? Okay. Number nine, Carrie, believe it or not, is a very simple one. It's not a complicated one. <laughs> migraine. <Okay. laughs> it's uh, migraine. Not complicated, man. It's just migraines. <laughs> We can all relate to that. <laughs> we all can relate to those migraine headaches. And a lot of people think, wow, why would a veteran have migraine headaches? I mean, they don't right. constitute anything. But you know what, Carrie? Believe it or not, sometimes many of us as veterans actually enter military service with migraines. A lot of people don't right? that. Wow. But a lot of us as veterans actually enter military service, and we already suffer from migraine headaches. We already suffer wow. from that. 
And and I, I mean, unreal. you know, it is. I mean, it's just, it's debilitating. They're severe, wow. as most people know. And the migraine headaches, believe it or not, can either be a primary thing, as I, you know, as I just said, you go in with it. Wow. Or it develops while you're in. Yeah, nobody would never think that. They would never think that that military people have these issues, but we do. A lot of people, says it, they go in with migraine headaches or they develop as you're, you're in with the military service. See, a lot of us are subjected to loud noises, explosions, uh, IEDs, and that's an IED is an improvised explosive device. We hear about it all the time, and a lot of civilians don't know. And based, and, and that's one of the things that can affect you as a veteran. There's another thing called a TBI or traumatic brain injury. A lot of us as veterans, especially a lot of combat veterans, suffer from traumatic brain injuries. Why? Because of explosions. And it, it just it rattles your brain. Sometimes uh, we'll be driving over something in a combat zone, and all of a sudden, boom, there's an explosion. The vehicle goes up in the air. It comes crashing down. And... Uh, we're all shaking around inside of this vehicle and get our heads get hit and things happen. The next thing you know, some of us are unconscious. They're dragging us out. And then it happens. TBI is kind of like hidden explosives. So right. you have so no idea what it is. You're, you're clueless. Yeah. A lot of times us as wow. veterans, we're creatures of habit. And we might right. see, it, and just for a, a quick example, we might see an Aquafina water bottle laying on the ground. Well, here in America, that's not an issue. We'll see it. We'll walk around it. We might even step on it and keep on going. Well, unfortunately, when you're in a combat zone, that is not a good idea because it could be packed with some C4 as an explosive or any other type of explosive, you go to pick it up, touch it, sometime they're radio detonated, and boom. Wow. That's what happens with, with, with headaches. And then one more thing that's so important, the headaches is it, called prostating or prostrating. Uh, it's an extent, how long does it last? And that's what the VA looks at. Does it last an hour, two hours, a half hour? Does it does it last for two or three days? Do you have these headaches daily, weekly, five or six a month? They they look at this, and this is what is going to determine your uh, what you're you're given your disability. It will wow. determine it. And 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 well, I want folks to write way. this down. Yes, my goodness. I hope everybody's taking yeah. notes out there. Michael, Very important. Uh, what? Yes, I see. My goodness. Um. So let's let's move along to number eight. What can you tell us? Okay, Carrie. Number eight. It's another one that has limitation of motion, but this time 
It's your ankles or your ankle or your ankles with wow. limitation of motion. A lot of us as veterans suffer from ankle issues. We suffer from that. Reason well, being, let's, let's talk about of, that for a moment. Are you talking about yes. ankles? I've never heard of ankle issues. So oh, how yes. does so how uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that ankle issue? Wow. Oh, sure. how does that happen? I will give you, a, uh, Carrie. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a, I have bilateral ankle issues that I'm service connected for, and basically what happened when I was in the service, I twisted my ankle. I hurt my ankle wow. and, and it wow. normal everyday duties. And it happens to a lot of us as veterans, just doing normal things. And we wear, we don't wear sneakers or shoes like everyday people like civilians do. We wear combat boots because that's uh. the nature of the game. And back years and years ago, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know this. The boots weren't the greatest. Oh my. They didn't have the support that a lot of the equipment has now. You know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, they would just mass-produce boots. So just because it said it was a certain size didn't necessarily mean it was really that size. So oh, you can wow. imagine what havoc that does on your feet and on your ankles. And then you know, you're jumping off a Right. And you know, Carrie, you're jumping off of vehicles. It used to be back in the fifties, sixties, and the seventies, we would actually run in our combat boots for our physical training. For our wow. test to test the stamina. We would actually run in these crappy boots. So then they would wonder why people have feet issues. And mm. we would have leather boots. You know, they would be made out of certain material, they're mass produced, and that's what would happen. And you got people that wow. jump out of airplanes, helicopters, we repel off of buildings, we repel off of the mountainside, you know, we, we march, you know, we have forced marches sometime and, and as I said, we do the physical training. All of these factors have a lot to do with ankle injuries. And people well, have Michael, them all I'm the going time to just, just uh, make a note of that. That is just interesting to me. It really is. It's something I want to think more about. What do you have at number seven today? Number seven is paralysis of the sciatic nerve. And people say, well, paralysis of the sciatic that? nerve. Isn't that in your yeah, back? Yeah, yes, it is. The sciatic nerve is, is like the biggest nerve you have in your back. And people say, well, Mr. Hopkins, how could that happen? Uh, military people. Well, crazy as it may seem, we carry rucksacks, we call them, or backpacks, as you civilians would call them. But ours aren't stuffed lightly. Ours are stuffed with a lot of equipment, uh, a lot of the essential things that we need to survive on a modern battlefield. We we carry a lot of stuff. We we work on details. We do all kinds of things that include our back. It's physical training. We do all of these different things. And you know, Carrie, unfortunately and regrettably, it takes a toll on the average military person's lower back. It takes a toll uh, on it. 
So a lot. All of I can time, think is that that sounds like pain that'll never go away. Oh, trust me, it doesn't. I have it, and trust me, it doesn't wow. go away. It causes all kinds of stress, mental and physical stress to a person. And like I said, it happens. Years can go by and you don't feel anything, and all of a sudden it hits you. And with that sciatic nerve, just to give you a good idea what happens, your nerve is being pinched Uh, by a bone in your back, basically. And it hurts. Trust me, it hurts. I have that issue, and trust Michael, me, Michael. I, I mean, you have <laughs> the, of the the top. The, so far, you have gotten down to uh, like number six coming up next. Uh, I'm just blown away at these uh, these on the list, and you have quite a few of them. My goodness! Oh yeah, this is oh, the yeah. news to me. Wow. Well, I just I have to say, and the listeners, I'm concerned about the fans out there must be facing this kind of thing. So I'm hoping we have enough time today to get them on as well so we can hear from some of the fans of Ed Talk Radio Show to hear some of them and let them chime on in with any of these that they're facing in the way of uh, the top ten disabilities. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael, I, I, what's I next? So I, yeah, well, I think oh. we're up to number six. Oh, yes. Yes, what's next, Carrie? Here's another yes. one that uh, veterans suffer from. Lumbar and cervical strains. All night. Okay, well, we know lumbar day. is back. <laughs> that's that lower. That that's that lower back. Yeah. And wow. uh, yeah, a lot of us are just suffering from it all night and all day. And cervical wow. with with your neck. And once again, you know, the average civilian say, "Well, how did that hurt their neck easily? All the right. stuff we carry." Um, me personally, I fell off a balance beam back in 1983 and hit my neck, and my neck has never been the oh. same after that. Look how long that's been, and my neck developed arthritis. Oh and I'm my at the God. point now. I'm at the point now because of the arthritis, because of my cervical strain, that is starting to give me headaches. And it's also wow. causing ringing in my ear. So one thing wow. can lead to another thing. And it happens to us as veterans all the time. Those little slips, wow. falls, uh, accidents, training accidents, for real things that happen when, you, when you're out there in a combat zone. And, you know, it's the mission, the mission, the mission. And then years later, we find out we have all of these issues. It and sounds and your like neck it. and your oh, back. Brother. Oh yeah, neck and wow. neck and back issues are just so prevalent with military people. And the thing with it is Well, Michael it, yes, go ahead. And then I want to jump on well, in with say, this. You know, the, the the thing about neck it doesn't matter what branch you're in. It it, it, wow. it does not matter with with the branches it's of the military. Wow. Air Force, for example, you could be working on a plane and fall off a plane and have lumbar and cervical issues. Navy, Oof. you could be out on patrol on in a ship, and you could hit a bulkhead or one of the heavy doors. I've had mm. guys they've hit they've, they've hit a heavy door doing rough seas, and now they got cervical issues. Now they got back issues. 
So it's not wow. just if you're a combat vet or you're some kind of like infantry mm-hmm. where you're hard, what we call it hardcore, you're out there just blowing and going. No, you could be in supply. <laughs> you could be a supply person and fall off a ladder. And her well, back. Michael, I I just want to say it sounds like you are it's it's like you could just be a walking ticking time bomb to you know having some kind of injury. Um, number five. Now this is something I was like surprised uh, because a lot of us in the civilian world we face number five. Can you tell us what number five is all about? Right. Number five is limitation of flexion of the knee. We all can relate to knee trouble. (laughs) Yes, we can. Yes, we can. In other words, you can't bend your knee but so far back towards your your thigh. You try to bend your leg and you're in excruciating pain. And once again, what does that come from us as military people? Uh, The training that we do, the equipment that we wear, the, the challenges that we face being in the military. And a lot of military veterans have knee issues. Sometimes your knee issue is caused because you have a what? An ankle issue. And that ankle issue leads to a knee issue. Or you have a hip issue that leads to a knee issue. Or you have a back issue. That What we call it in, in the military terms, we call it an altered gait. In civilian terms, oh, what sure. you would call it is you walk with a limp. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. This is right. true. And a lot of us have that due to our military service, the things that we face every day. And, you know, Carrie, I didn't mention this, but um, there have been studies that have been done by by the medical community and basically as military professionals, we have an accelerated pace, the things that I'm going over right now. We have an accelerated pace with this stuff. Our civilian counterparts may not have the same issues that we have at a younger age. There's some guys, young guys in their 30s, Carrie. Can you imagine being in your 30s and you have osteoarthritis? Right, right. No, I, I cannot. I cannot. Uh, This is is news to us out in the regular civilian world, uh, what you're talking about Mm -hmm. today. Michael, I want to move to number four because this is something that I think everybody can chime in on. Number four, tell us what number four is on your list today of the top disabilities. Number four is scars. And and once again, a lot of uh, civilians, you know, they can relate to having a scar after – some type of surgery. But for us as military people, a lot of times this is exasperated for us because of the job that we do, the dangers that we face. We can have have scars. We can have surgeries. Like we just talked about knees, issues with knees. A lot of us on active duty have surgery. A lot of us as veterans have knee surgeries. All night, all day, knee replacement. I know some guys, you know, they're not even 50 years old, and they're getting a knee replacement. I mean, really? <laughs> a knee replacement? Amazing. You know, Amazing. Not even 50 years old. 
And then those scars, the, what the VA does, they look at those scars and they relate it to pain. And they relate wow. it to, to uh, it also can be a, a mental health. I had one of my comrades, he was in a car accident in Germany. And what happened with him, he had three distinct scars because his head hit the windshield of his automobile. He spun out on some ice, Ooh. had a really terrible accident. And he had scars on his face. And oh, you know, you know, Terry, a, a lot of people don't know, a lot of our civilian counterparts don't know, that it can also be a mental health issue for us as veterans. Well, I, I actually didn't want to jump ahead to the next one because I was thinking to myself, as you were just <laughs> describing all of these, I said, my gosh, just, uh, you know, that's enough to, to just, you know, stay in your mind. You know, when you're, you know, any kind of issue like what you are going down this list, and this is a shocking list to me. It may not be so shocking to the members of the military, but, uh, you know, and, and, and folks out there, but I have to tell you, I'm just blown away with this this morning, and I appreciate you bringing it to Vet Talk Radio Show, Michael. I'm just still, <laughs> this is huge for me. Yeah, so it's, thank it's you. My, it's mind-blowing. It is, it is it mind-blowing, really is. these things. It really is. Yes. Well, listen, I want to move ahead to your next one. Now, your next one, we kind of played a little bit of a clip about this earlier. But can you tell us what's next on the list? The, the next one, number three, is PTSD. Oh, no, uh, or, yes, yes, PTSD are right. better known as post-trauma stress disorder. And this is one that a lot of civilians are familiar with, especially as far as the military world is concerned. PTSD, wars that we have been in, a lot of veterans suffer from post-trauma. A lot of us suffer from it. No caring. A lot of it does not have to be wartime related. And a lot of veterans uh-huh. don't know that. A lot of civilians don't know that. There are actually two types of PTSD. There's a PTSD combat that that is when you are actually in a combat situation and you have what's known as a stressor. A lot of veterans know what a stressor is, but a lot of civilians don't. Basically, a stressor is an event, it's something that happened to you while you were in that combat situation. Perfect example, you're being fired upon on a, with the insurgents. The insurgents are, they're lobbing uh, grenades at you, they're throwing mortars at you. In other words, it's a whole bunch of bombs and stuff falling around you. Now, oh, my God. The, you know, the average person starts to thinking that, you know what? I might not make it out of this because these well, fragments. Well, it seems like if there are bombs and all these things going around and there's nowhere to really, I mean, you're just like in, you're thousands of miles away from home and all that stuff can play on your mind. So is that a little yes, bit of this yes, PTSD? Yes, wow. Right. Yeah, PTSD can play up on that. You know, as while you're over there in combat, your mama dies. In the middle of combat, you're in the middle of a combat theater, your mama dies. That also can be PTSD related. 
as far wow. as the combat aspect of it. You see one of your buddies get shot in the head and killed. One oh, of your buddies gets get, wow. gets uh, kidnapped by the Taliban and is never and, seen and again. And folks, uh, just a reminder, if you have small ones around, uh, this is probably a good time to kind of send them out of the room. Uh, because some of this gets a little gets a little heavy, uh, you know, and we want folks to know what we've got to say. So, just a reminder: on some of these vet talk shows, we're going to go there. So, you know, you know, Tuesdays at eight thirty, usher them out. Uh, so, uh, Michael, I have to tell you, PTSD, and that is one of the terms that we do hear on the news quite often. Um, I speak to my veteran family members, and I've heard about it. Um, but the next one, number two, number two on your list, this is something I was shocked about. Um, but can you tell us a little bit uh, on what number two is? Right. Number two is bilateral hearing loss. In other words, in civilian terms, you can't hear out of your ears, both of them. <laughs> you have a hearing problem. You got hearing issues. A lot of times as veterans, it happens to us because of the nature of the duties that we do. A lot of us are around heavy equipment like tanks and uh, APCs, heavy equipment like that, or we fire large caliber weapons like a 50 caliber machine gun, or, or we fire artillery, or as we jokingly call it, arty. You firing these shells, and when the gunpowder goes off, it's deafening. Or you fire a tank. You're Ooh. a tanker. Ooh. Ooh. And, and, and it's not pretty when you hear all of this stuff. And back in the day, years and years ago, hearing protection was optional. You know, optional. A lot of guys wanted to be, it was optional. Oh, yeah. A lot of us back in those 50s, 60s, 70s, it, it, it was optional. And, you know, you so were they so may not have realized how serious hearing loss no, no. could be. No, they they didn't, Terry. We we, we didn't wow. back then. Oof. We didn't. And then by the time the 80s came around, they gave you these little dinky uh, hearing protections. Little tiny little dinky little to go in your ear. Yeah. And, wow. And instead of, and, and the sad part about it, those didn't protect you either. Plus, on top of that, you kept using them and they got contaminated. By that earwax and other things. So now you have an ear infection. Plus you can't hear. And then the ringing lasts in your ears forever and ever. You're driving big trucks and the whole nine yards. Now the sad part about it, Carrie, when it comes to hearing in the VA, and, and most of the guys that are on here can relate to this, the veterans, the VA has this... Magical thing going on. If they detect that you have some type of hearing loss, you go to the VA hospital and they say, hey, you know, Joe, you have uh, some type of hearing loss. This is what we're going to do for you. We're going to give you some hearing aids, pretty much state-of-the-art hearing aids, maybe worth two or three grand a piece, and uh, that's going to help you out. But it, crazy as it may seem, as soon as you as a veteran go to file for hearing loss, they will deny it. What? You know what they'll say, Carrie? And, and, you what? know, Carrie, you know, Carrie Hines, it sounds crazy, but you know what they'll tell it you does. as a veteran? 
what? <laughs> this is what they'll say, and a lot of vets can relate to this. They'll say, well, we checked our records, our, the military records that we have on you is health care when you were active duty, and believe it or not, you didn't complain about you couldn't hear. So, therefore, it's not Oh, wow. Isn't that Wow. And yeah. if they do wow. connect it, Carrie, now, and this is funny, Carrie. Now, if they well, do what happens it, when they say that? Is it that you, you are kind of out of luck then? Pretty much. You're pretty much out of luck when it comes to getting wow. rated for for hearing loss in the in right. uh, the VA. Now, believe it or not, you do get rated for hearing loss, and, and it is uh-huh. possible if it happened in service and it's it's recorded in your military service treatment record. In other words, your health records. The highest you you might get ten percent, but we've all been to these hearing tests. We had a little thing whistles and you know it beep beep. We've all been to right, that. right. Yeah, the audio with the VA testing, with, yeah. with the aud with the, the the auditory with the VA. It has to be at a certain level. Certain, in other yeah. words, if it's not at certain a certain hertz level, they're not going to give it to you. Also, it's wow. discrimination. You have to go through so all that. So hold it. I want to make sure I understand this clearly. So you can possibly have hearing loss, and but if it's not at a certain level of hearing loss, then you may not qualify for their rating, if you will, for that particular ailment. So that yep, is, so wow, just mind-blowing all by itself. Michael yep, Hopkins, so I have to say, first, let me just remind everybody, folks, uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Michael Hopkins and his amazing information today. It's his episode number 11 of Vet Talk Radio Show. And I'm Carrie Hines. I'm here to help Michael out with pulling this together. And this is just mind-blowing today uh, in covering uh, what are the 10 most common disabilities. He's counted them down from number 10 to number 2. So, Michael Hopkins, before you give away the number one, the number one most, and I know what this is. I peeked at the list. (laughs) But I've got to tell you folks out there, because you've talked about this on a couple of the episodes of Vet Talk Radio Show. So our sharp-eared listeners of uh, Vet Talk Radio will know what this is already, and many of the others who might be dealing with this will likely know what this is as well. But, Michael Hopkins, I have to say, uh, we're not going to hold you guys up with a commercial. I'm going to ask you, Michael Hopkins, to – I wish I had a drum roll uh, to usher in what number one – right, exactly. But go ahead. Get away, Michael Hopkins. What is the number one most common disability – that veterans face in terms of ratings and what they will allow. Please share that with oh, our yes. Vet Talk Radio Show fans. Number one for veterans is tinnitus. And tinnitus, tinnitus. is the perception yes. of ringing in your ear wow. as, as, as a veteran. It could be buzzing, wow. humming, uh, loud pitched. It's, it's, it's there. 
and so this and, is, and, I just uh, want to be clear, rolling. this is like a ringing in your ear that nobody else right. will hear. It's not really right. anything outside that's externally ringing, like a bell or anything. It's just in your, you're literally in your ears and in your mind, right. so to speak, I guess. Exactly, wow. Carrie. It, it, is, it is literally in your ear. You hear it. But believe it or not, Carrie, there are two types Ooh. of tinnitus. Tinnitus? And most really? people don't even what know that. Actually, there's really a third type, but the two most prevalent ones are subjective and mm. only you can hear it no one else wow. can hear it you can hear it objective tinnitus it, it's very rare with objective tinnitus that means other people can hear the actual ringing in your ear it, it, it actually is auditory and people can actually hear it but it's very rare wow. usually the ones that most of us as veterans have is the subjective ones and it just comes from head or neck injuries, the the TBIs I talked about, explosions. Right. You can have a a, uh, a ear injury. There are little hairs inside your ears that can go wrong. Bone issues. There's all kinds of issues that a person can have because of tinnitus, because of the nature of the beast. Most of us as military people. We work around a lot of noisy things. We just do because that's part of the nature of the beast. As I had mentioned before, we drive all kinds of vehicles. Uh, we fire all kinds of weapon systems. We're subjected to to weapons, to all kinds of offensive weapon systems. I mean, we it, it just happens. And over the years, it gets developed. At first, you don't notice it at first. As a, as a veteran, it may be years that goes by, and all of a sudden you notice you have this distinct ringing, hus, hum, uh, humming, buzzing, etc. in your ear. And wow. it, it's just the number one thing. It's only a 10% rating. There is no high. It doesn't matter if you have it bilaterally, both ears, one ear. It does not matter. The VA is only going to give you a 10% percent rating for it good thing is michael hopkins yes go right ahead what's the good thing i was just going to say the good thing about tinnitus not that it is a good thing but like tinnitus can lead to some secondary items that you can claim as a veteran and once again it, it even goes back to what we talked about before with the migraines the migraines can be a result of tinnitus. Also, wow. mental health issues can be a result of tinnitus. I just had one of my veteran buddies. I was helping him to understand this, and he suffers from migraine headaches constantly. He suffers from them. Been suffering from them uh, ever since uh, getting out of the military. He was suffering from the migraine headaches. And it was causing him to have mental health issues. Mm. So it, I, it, it's I the just, number one oof. thing. Michael Hopkins, what can I say? You bring it every week.